Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Hi, it's Brett Phillips here, host of The First Serve, and thank you for downloading the latest edition of In The Huddle, one of our podcast offerings here at The First Serve. You can get your weekly live tennis fix with our show every Monday night on the SCN Radio Network at 7pm Eastern. All the broadcast details of where you can listen can be found at thefirstserve.com.au. In the Huddle was created to give student-athletes, parents and coaches an inside look at the journey through US college sport and all that comes with it. The demands, the experiences, the excitement and the opportunities available to our student-athletes from around the world. Study and Play USA facilitates a comprehensive, customised approach for student-athletes and families for their whole journey, from their high school preparation years right through to US college graduation. Welcome to In The Huddle. In this episode, we'll sit down with a young man who this month has returned to the US to commence his second year in college as a football player. This young man has had quite the football journey already experiencing plenty of ups and downs. Uh, For any family considering sending their son or daughter to college in the US, we recommend listening to this young man's perspective. So here to share some of his story so far, Robbie Baker has been kind enough to join us all the way from a Chile, Michigan, Saginaw Valley State University. Uh, welcome, Robbie. Thank you very much, Chris. Good to see you, mate, and lovely to see that uh, Australian flag in the background there. You're obviously in your dorm room. Yep, I'm in my room here. I uh, got my flag out on the wall. Yeah, good man. Doing it proud. And, mate, so you've had quite the first year. It's been um, quite a bit different to, to a normal first year over there, I'd imagine. but. Any, any sort of recollections of your arrival there at Saginaw Valley in Michigan? Can you remember those first days? Yeah, well, I arrived in, at the end of July last year and uh, I was fortunate enough that my father came over with me and I remember moving into my apartment here with, four, with three other guys. Uh, we, had, we had a Brazilian, a Canadian and an American and then me. So the, it was an interesting little atmosphere going on there. Yeah, um, I imagine. Um, yeah, uh, it, the weather was great here because it was summer over in America and Michigan summers are, I mean, out of this world. It's so nice over here. Is that right? And, and yeah. coming from Brisbane where it was so hot in summer, I bet, bet you that's quite a nice uh, change, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the winters here aren't are, are pretty bad. Like, it's everything's frozen, but the summer's just out of the world, out of this world. So Beautiful. Oh, you, you've chosen well. Sounds like you're happy there uh, in that regard. And, and having, um, having that international... Uh, house full of uh, for players yeah. must be interesting, mate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all the guys are so good. The Canadian guy and I have a great relationship now, and the Brazilian guy just graduated actually, and he's been replaced by an English fellow. So we're not we're not short of international students here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really good. And and your coach himself is not a not American born, right? Yeah, our whole coaching staff's actually from England, yeah, um, and over half the team are international students so you get a bit of everything fantastic oh that's good and that's it i i think what we see with a lot of student athletes who have that experience with very international it it makes makes being away from home just a little easier knowing that you're all in the same boat effectively right definitely definitely everyone's come come from around the world and you're all going through the exact same thing so yeah it's good. and with the support of the coaching staff as well 
I mean, they, my head coach graduated from this college, so he's been through it all. That's, that's, that's very handy. I'm going to come back to, to, to the coach and, and how you came to choose uh, this college uh, when you did. We'll come back to that, um, and, I, and I'm sure the coach has, has plenty to do with that. But hey, tell us about your study. Um, how did you find you know, the study in your first semester over there? Study was, I found it quite easy. Uh, I mean, in high school, I did the international baccalaureate. So I actually found that more challenging than the first, my freshman year here academically. Yeah. Um, the first year, like you're just doing your general education classes that, I mean, every college student has to go through. Um, and you get to, you get to study a wide variety of subjects, but I mean, I didn't really struggle with anything. I managed to balance the training well and all the coaches and teachers are always on the same page with commitments. So I hadn't, I didn't really have any issues the first year. It was pretty smooth. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, again, that's fairly consistent. That's something we try and tell our students when they're in year 12 here, stressed out, you know, to their eyeballs, yeah. you know, what you're going through in high school here, um, and trying to balance sport. We're, we're sort of not designed to do that too well down here. Whereas you get over there, you've got support and, and the schoolwork tends to be uh, just that little bit easier as a result. You've got a lot of support. And as you say, you've got a freedom as to what you're studying that first year in particular, if you want. Yeah, exactly right. You get, you get plenty of choice. And I mean, everyone's trying to help you out. Everyone's on your team, I guess you could say. So I didn't really have any stress going the first year. No, that's good. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, you mentioned doing general electives first year, you can do that second year as well. Is that what you're doing or have you decided on your major yet? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to graduate with some credits coming out of high school because of the International Baccalaureate. So I'm actually on to my um, major subjects. So I'm majoring in economics and finance. So this semester I'm already on to my, uh, like, elective subjects and that kind of thing which is really good yeah good on you mate fantastic and what's the plan with that degree mate is it something that you um is that something that you discovered whilst over there that's something you feel like you've always wanted to do even in back in high school yeah i feel like it's something i've always wanted to do i mean i'm not exactly sure where i want to go in the field of economics and finance but i know it's what i'm interested in and i know it can take me a lot of places so yeah. I think it's, it's something I can, it's good to study here, especially coming in, coming uh, out of America with a degree in that, I think will open up a lot of opportunities down the track. Definitely. So, yeah. No, we do see that business, finance, economics, they're all very, very uh, reputable uh, courses to take in America and they'll set you up very well. So that's great to hear. And uh, I guess, what about the football side of things? Or in America, obviously they, they more readily call that soccer. Uh, as you know, um, and um, how did you sort of find those first few training sessions, you know, being in a new environment of football? Yeah, so the first few sessions, we actually had uh, what they call captain's practices. Yep. So for the first two or three weeks, the coaches can't uh, actually train with you because of NCAA rules. Um, so the first two or three weeks, you're getting to know people, you're meeting all your teammates and the captains are running it. So you're playing small side of games, uh, little drills where everyone's kind of involved. And, and that's when you get to feel the kind of dynamics of the team and potentially where you'll fit in if you're a starter or where the leadership comes from and all those kinds of things. So the first two or three weeks is like an um, almost like an emotional roller coaster because you're just bombarded with like, am I good enough? 
you know, where do I sit in the team? And, and then you have the seniors and the, the juniors coming through and just dominating everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you're definitely at the position where you have to say to yourself, right, I'm going to make, make a mark. I'm going to put in a few big tackles or I'm going to score the most goals or something like that. Just so people know that like you're a freshman coming in, but you're not messing around kind of thing. You're going to, you're here to take your position. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting because I mean, you were a, obviously a very good footballer down here and well-regarded and um, we'll touch on your, your background in a moment, but yeah. How did you feel that the level did compare to so the, the level you were playing here right before you left? I mean, you're playing MPL obviously and, and the state league. What, what's the, how do you feel that compared? Yeah. So um, the comparison when a player in Australia, I was playing with the men, the men's age. So physically they were a bit bigger and they, they were more experienced and they were more, I would say more aggressive on the field just because they're, they're that much older. Um, but I mean, here technically some of the, some of the better players here um, could pr- definitely outplay some of the players in Australia. And I was, I was in the NPL um, and I was playing men's there. So, I mean, it's, it's really good for the college uh, students to come through and just be technically as technically gifted as they are. And especially as I was saying before, with all the international students, like when the Brazilians and the English and the Scots come in, you have a lot of different playing styles. And when you can get that together, it's really good. And I remember when I came in last year, I was center back as a freshman, the, the other center backs, there was a senior who was from Russia and then a sophomore from England and then uh, another freshman from France. So we were all, everyone was from everywhere and we we're all trying to figure out who would start. And yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really intense, but I mean, you, the only way to develop is through that adversity. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. And that we see that again and again with our student athletes. That first semester can be hard for a lot of reasons because you're away from home for the first time and all those types of things. But yeah, you really, it's really important to sort of establish your place in the team, isn't it? And, and, um, and that can just be an attitude thing. And then, and then obviously, um, you know, make sure you're first to practice, last to leave, things that you're in your control. Um, I sort of found that those things sort of help and that's, that's sort of the advice we, we tend to give to our kids. But um, sounds like you've done that very well. And, and I, mean, I guess so, when you mentioned so many different nationalities, that, that must be pretty difficult for the coaches too, because um, I know in football, you know, every coach has got their own style, how they want to play. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you've got kids coming from Brazil being coached a certain way and, and you've played a certain club within Australia and then other clubs would have different. So you bring all that together, sort of a melting pot of different styles. That must have been tough for the coaches, I'd imagine. Definitely. And exactly what you're saying. We're, we've all been brought up by different coaches and a diff- playing a different style or playing a whole different formation. You know, some people haven't even played the same formation that we've played, that we try to play here. Yes. And then on top of that, we have um, one of the French guys. We had two French guys. Fortunately, one could speak good English and the other could not right. string a sentence together. So there was a lot of translation mid-session that the coaches had to stop. So there's a lot of different things that the coaches have to deal with and the players do as well. Yeah, no, that's that's good. I mean, it's, um, it, it's a good system to be in because it's... Um nothing's owed to you over there and you got to earn it and um you know it's not meant to be easy right so yeah, that's uh, how it should be 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If you're wanting to get better, it, it's not. If you've got to get uncomfortable, so that's um, sounds like it's definitely you've been through that that pretty tough period already. So, look, this next topic I've been pretty looking forward to talking to you about, Robbie, because we've sort of we haven't really touched on it yet, but we're sort of on, on a similar topic that. Look, those families with sons and daughters looking into playing college who've who've ever met with us, they'll know that one of the most important concepts to grasp in your sport of of football slash soccer um, is how the divisions of competition work in the US. Um, In football here in Australia and in in everywhere around the world, really, uh, we're conditioned to the idea of teams being elevated to higher divisions or relegated to lower divisions based on performance. So when you look at the US college system when considering what college to go to, almost 100% of budding college players are naturally attracted to Division 1 over Division 2, for example, or other divisions. And, and I remember, Robbie, you were no different, and understandably, um, but I remember you were talking to one of the top-ranked Division 2 programs along the process who had previously drawn with the top-ranked men's program in Division 1, and I think that was a, a big turning point for you, Robbie, in terms of... Um, I guess understanding the difference in divisions in, in America and how it's not about elevation and relegation and obviously you've eventually settled on, on going to a strong Division 2 program so mate, I'd, I'd love for you to give your take on the different divisions and, and those lessons you've learned um, now that you've sort of been there for a little while yeah definitely I'm, I'm, yeah I'll go through the divisions so as you were saying so there's Division 1, 2, 3 and then Junior, junior Colleges and NAIA um, and Basically, what I've learned is that Division One, that as you were saying and you taught me before I came, Division One is athletic scholarships only, and then Division Two is athletic academic, and then Division Three is academic. Um, and what happens basically with Division Two eligibility, it's not as strict as Division One, and especially with soccer, that can really benefit the quality of the competition. So in Division One, if you've signed a professional contract somewhere around the world, you, you basically can't play Division One. And if you're over a certain age, you can't play Division One sort of thing. I mean, there's definitely exceptions here and there, but that's basically how it goes and what, what I've seen with my teammates and other players around here. And then with Division Two, I'm you can we've had players who have signed professional contracts playing in Division Two and but they may lose lose a year of eligibility sort of thing. So my roommate last year was from Brazil and he signed a professional contract in Italy uh, when he was about uh, 17 or 18 years old, meaning he was ineligible for Division One, but he was getting full full scholarships from all the best Division One programs you can think of. Um, but then he decided he could only go Division Two, and he came to Saginaw Valley because we had such a good program and we were top 20 D2. And I mean, he, he played professional in Italy for several years before he came to college. So, that, so there's one example of the quality you can get in Division Two that Division One's missing out of because of the rules. Yeah. Um, and it, it, there's so many examples like that. Like you were saying, the uh, Charleston University uh, that I was talking to before I committed to Saginaw Valley, they the average the average age of their starting eleven was about 23 years old. So freshmen are coming in at 22 years old from Europe, which they can't do in Division One because there's there's so many years out of um, high school. So and and we just signed a guy here who's turning 21 this year, a German kid who's now who's technically a freshman, but he's 20 turning 21, and he's been playing. He went through um, the Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga, the German academy, 
And I mean, we, we had another player just uh, signed from Hull City's academy who got released. And we've, that's the second player from Hull City we've come, uh, who's come to Saginaw Valley. So we have two freshmen from Hull. I mean, these are some of the best academies in the world. Yeah. And they're yeah. all at Saginaw Valley right now. Um, yeah. So that just that says the kind of quality you get here just because of the eligibility rules or the academic side or the scholarships or something like that. So, and then, and then again with junior college, like junior college is another, another great option because my roommate who's just moved in, is just finished two years and in junior college and he's an English goalkeeper who went through the Newcastle United um, Academy system. And he's just signed with us at a D2 and he chose, he could have gone D1, but he chose D2 because of the coach. Um, they're both from the same sort of area in England. So, yeah. I mean, as, as you were saying, when I was committing to Saginaw Valley, I was like, I want to go D1, I want to go D1. You know, exactly what you're saying. Everyone in Australia is like, D1, 2, 3, it's like, it's like tears, but it's completely different in America. So some of the best players who are, who are turning pro after college are coming from D2 or NAIA programs. So, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, the whole mentality in Australia is uh, just it's different in America, how they do it here. Yeah, no, that's, that's really appreciate those words because I think, you know, uh, as, I, as I said to you a little bit earlier, there's, um, you know, we, we talk to families about this all the time who are embarking on this journey for their sons or daughters in football and specifically uh, the word division just implies automatically a vertical hierarchy, as you said. So you've got to look at it horizontally and not even look at divisions really, only look at divisions from an eligibility perspective. There'll be a certain division that suits everyone in terms of their academic level, financial needs, as well as your, your football needs, obviously. Um, it's about finding the best program and best coach, really, isn't it? It's not, um, you can take the divisions out of the equation, it's probably the most healthy way to approach it. <laughs> exactly right. And it, 100%, it's about the coaches and it's about your financial situation, your academic situation. There's, if, you, if you put division aside, you're going to find a college that better suits you for the next four years, 100%. Yeah, no, it's very well said, mate. I couldn't agree any, any more with you than that. So, no, that's terrific. I really appreciate those words, and I'm sure that's helpful for, for uh, listeners of this particular episode. So, mate, I, can, I, can I just ask, we talked about Saginaw Valley, and you've spoken so um, glowingly of your time there so far. Um, can you remember what actually drew you there, Robbie? What was the main sort of things? Yeah, so uh, when I committed, we were a top, top 20 D2 college. Uh, we made the national tournament every year. Uh, the coach is from Newcastle in England. And he's, I mean, he's, he was the youngest coach in Division Two last year. So, I mean, that says a lot about the quality that he has. And he's been bringing in exceptional quality players from England um, and all over Europe. So, this, like, the scouting connection he has is quality. Um, and basically, yeah, I mean, the facilities here are incredible. We have a full indoor stadium that we can use in the winter when it gets, when it's snowing outside, uh, like the, the rehab rooms are incredible. And I mean, I'm in, I'm in my apartment now and we have, it's like a four bed, four bath. And I have a room that's just as big as my room in Australia. So it's, uh, it, you're really living a good life here. And as I was saying, the, the weather in Michigan in summer is just incredible. And I mean, you can put up with them with the winter months. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's that's part of the experience of getting out of Australia and, and, and experiencing something different, anyway, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah, we don't see too much snow down here, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly right. We can go snowboarding or skiing twenty minutes around the corner whenever we want in the winter. 
So you definitely get a completely different lifestyle than where I came from in Brisbane. Yeah, good. And mate, take us back. Let's 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 uh, rewind the clock a little bit. And I'm really curious because I'm actually not sure of this myself in terms of where where your football journey did start, Robbie. Like, so when when and where did that start for you? All right. So um, yeah. So my first club was called Z Academy, um, and I was with I was with a coach called Zoltan from nine years old until 14 and then when I was 14 I went over to England and I played in the Manchester City Academy for a year, for 18 months uh, and then from there I had my surgery done so I was going into grade 10 I, as I, I don't know if yeah I did my knee basically when I was over there yeah. and I was out for it was a patellofemoral femoral injury so I was out for a year uh, and then when I when the year was up, I was going into high school in Australia. So my family and I made the decision to come back and finish high school in Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we came back, and when I came back, I was I was 15. Oh yeah, I was 15, and I was playing under 20s NPL. Uh, so I mean, they had to get like a special permission from Queensland Football to like let me play five years above my age and um, yeah. so I was playing at a really good level and then I was playing I was training with NPL men's all the way through high school and I was playing regularly in the FQPL and then I came to America and then while I was back uh, I was training with another NPL side um, so and I was um, in the starting team for that NPL side and this is a top five NPL team so I mean, the level's really good, and it's only gotten better since I've been here in Saginaw. So, yeah, that's 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 a quick version of my of my journey. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great journey, and I'm going to touch on the, the injury in a moment. But Manchester City injury aside, that must have been an incredible experience for a young 14 year old. Definitely, it's oh, it's it was out of this world. Like leaving leaving Brisbane as a 14 year old to go to Manchester of all places, and then you're going into arguably one of the best academies right now in the world with the amount of money they're putting into it and the amount of, and the quality of players they're producing right now. I mean, you have your Phil Foden's and Jaden Sancho's and they were, I was training in the, in the age below them for 18 months. So we were training on the same pitch and um, sometimes we would join them with their sessions. So, I mean, these are two of the best players in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and, and my teammates now, most of them signed professional one of my teammates is actually in America as well, playing college, which I, I reconnected with him recently. Um, and I mean, if, you, if you're not in college, you're basically you've signed professional somewhere. So it's it was incredible. And like the, the adversity that I faced as a 14 year old in Manchester was, I don't think anyone else would have even understood what, what I was going through over there. But um, it's only it's only helped shape who I am today and the type of player I am and the determination I have on the field so yeah. yeah I wouldn't change it for the world no that's it isn't it you know um you know you have the the very very difficult thing I'd imagine being away from from family and, and from your friends back here that you've established at that age um and then the injury on top of that and then trying to prove yourself and you know am I good enough at a place like that and then yeah. fast forward you know, six years, you're um, you could sort of confronted that with the get with that again, as you spoke about before in your first year there. But you're 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 ready for it. So, 
Um, you, you know what to do in those situations because of that experience at Manchester City. So that's again another little lesson that you know again we try and share with our our student athletes is that don't be afraid of you know bad things happening or things that don't go to plan because they'll they'll help you in some way down the track and they're they're designed for that in some kind of weird way. <laughs> so. Um, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, with, I mean, injuries is part of every sport. And when you come back from injury, you have that two or three months where you have to get your fitness back. And then in the back of your head, you're like, will I re-injure the injury? I know, like, will, do I, have I done enough rehab? All that kind of stuff. And then once it's out of your head and you're trying to get your position back in the team or, or if you're in an individual sport, trying to like, get your foot back in, get your timing back in. Um, it's all that kind of stuff. And, and like, as you were saying, if, if you have the opportunity to go on trial somewhere or experience something different, that's out of your comfort zone, just keep doing it and keep trying to progress, I guess. Great advice, Robbie. And just on the injury topic, I think when we first met, uh, I think I established something pretty quickly. We had one thing in common. We shared the same physio uh, in, in, um, in Australia. Yeah. Big, big shout out to Sean Fife at Performance Physio. Um, yeah. <laughs> One thing Sean did tell me about you that you were incredibly resilient, um, and he told me about your knee, and um, obviously you've just sort of shared that story with us. Uh, and so, just very quickly before I before we sort of wrap things up today, how did you sort of how did you get through that year when you were out? Obviously, you you were back in Australia with the rehab. Is that correct, or did you stay yeah. there to rehab? Yeah, so I, I had the surgery done in October 2015, and then we were back in Australia by February. So yeah, the first five months I was over there, which is the most crucial, uh, like most crucial uh, phase of rehab. I was over in Manchester, and then I came back and worked with Sean. And yeah, he's been, he's been a great physio for me, especially all throughout my year, my life. I've been with him since I was 12, actually. Yeah. Um, when I had a back injury, and I, I actually went back to him when I was over back in Australia a few months ago to do some stuff on my hip. So yeah, you just have to get the, you just have to get the rehab done and you just have to be disciplined about it. And you just got to keep in the back of your mind, like you will come back eventually and everything will be all right. So good attitude, good attitude. Well, Robbie, we've, um, I've really, really enjoyed listening to, to all this because, uh, obviously I knew a lot of this myself, but just listening to you now, you, you're obviously, just that little bit more uh, grown up now, you know. You've, you've um, a couple of years after we, we initially met, and you're you're one one year into what sounds like going to be an amazing four year experience for you over there. So, I'm just going to finish with a few quick questions, mate. These, these are quite random. Um, before I let you go, and I guess you're going to go do some study, right? <laughs> uh, I think we're actually going for a training session after this. There we uh, go. Yeah. Here we go. What time's that? What time's it? Uh, it'll, it's 7.40 here, but the sun's still up, so we'll get a good hour in. All right. There you go. It's all right. Well, I won't, I won't hold you up. Just we'll go with some, some quick... Uh, no, no worries. No worries. Quick fire questions. Uh, give us one highlight of your first year to date. It can be football or otherwise. One highlight. Um, the first game that I started as, as, a star, as a member of the starting 11 my freshman year. Right. Who was that against? I was I, I started in the preseason, but the first game of the season was against a team called uh, college called Davenport, and that's when I realised my position in the team was cemented, and that was pretty special. Very good. Did you get the get the W on the on that day? Ah, uh, no. 
but we uh, ended up coming second in the league. So pretty good season. Yeah, well done. Good stuff. Um, Favourite new food you've tried in the US? Oh, oh, Rocky Mountain Oysters. Do you know what that is? I think I do, but tell us us more. Uh, Bull's testicles, I believe it is. (laughs) I I spent Christmas in Colorado with a teammate who I developed a really close relationship with. And we tried everything, elk, uh, bison, Rocky Mountain oysters. We tried cow's tongue, I think. It was pretty incredible. Good on you for trying it all, mate. I I lived four years in Oklahoma and they had an annual calf fry, which is basically eating these Rocky Mountain oysters that you talked about, and that was not for me. So um, you're gamer than I am. Yeah, look, I I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I can say I did it. So. Exactly right. That's it's better than me. So well done. Um, what's your mode of transport around campus? Uh, my roommate's got a car, uh, so he'll drive whenever we need to go anywhere, or I can just walk to class. It's it's about a five minute walk to all my classes. Right. No, didn't have a bike or anything from Walmart. No, no. We've I've got an access to plenty of cars, um, so I've made a lot of good friends here. Smart man. Smart man. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Got to make friends with the Americans so you have the car. <laughs> it's generally not hard to do so, right? Just sort of say so few Aussie, Aussie yeah. slang words and you're, and you're in. That's exactly right. <laughs> Use it to your advantage. Favourite class taken so far, Robbie? One of my general education classes was called, uh, it was like an English 212 and it was about the history of hip-hop and rap in America and how it influenced politics. Oh, wow. That class opened my mind to everything about American history and politics. It was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, that is. That's awesome. Um, and favourite other college sport that you support around campus? Love watching the basketball games. Uh, both because it's very entertaining and the quality is very good, but also because there are four Australians in the team. Um, oh, so there's me in the soccer team and then those four in the basketball team and no other Australians on campus there you go so you guys hang out a bit yeah yeah I've met them quite a few times and we've we've shared a few stories yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. told a few stories too I'm sure <laughs> tall stories yeah, exactly. <laughs> leave it at that leave it at that leave it at that <laughs> oh, that's, that's, you're not living in, living in America if you're, if you're not doing that so um, have you this is just let me indulge in this one purely from a kid who's from a from a warm place who's very rarely seen snow but have you built a snowman in snowy michigan as yet definitely you, i mean you can walk out the front door and build a snowman if you want we get plenty of snow here <laughs> fantastic well that'll do for today uh, in terms of the quick fire questions but as i said earlier robbie you've certainly crammed a lot into your young um life and football life today it's been a pleasure catching up with you mate and we look forward to what the next three years in college brings and, and thanks for uh, sharing your wisdom and experience with us Robbie it's been a pleasure mate no thank you for having me Chris I've, I've enjoyed good chat once again great mate subscribe to the first serve via Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content, including past editions of In the Huddle, produced by Study and Play USA, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN, that you may have missed at 7pm Eastern, Aussies only, and crunching the numbers. 
Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.